to get you to receive. Before you had an enemy, God had a plan for your life. Before low self-esteem kicked in, God had a plan for your life. Before that person came along and put you under their little tongue, God had a plan for your life. Why are you not walking in God's plan for your life? The answer is, you've allowed what they think to outweigh what you know. And what you know is, there's a promise attached to your name.
So here it is. I got too hyped on that part, and that wasn't, like, that wasn't even my favorite part of it. That wasn't my favorite part. Here's a part of the story. So King Sennacherib, that's his name, King Snack on some ribs. King Sennacherib. He broke camp and returned to his home of Nineveh and stayed there. The enemy came to kill his soldiers, but he left. He made all those big threats. All those big threats. But when the angel of the Lord swept through there, he right. kept running. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. The scariest one got the biggest threats. The one you most scared of ain't nothing but threats. All talk. The one that's got you in bondage. Y'all still don't believe me. Goliath was talking all that mess, and it was his head that got cut off. Y'all better stop playing with me in here. I need you to look at your name and tell them you weren't about the wrong person. Because if they had some power, they would have killed you by now. They would have destroyed your reputation. They would have took you out. But because all they got is talk. God fights for those he favors. He will sweep through the land of your enemy. The angel of the Lord swept through their camp. And just when King Sennacherib thought he had gotten away, the text says that he went to the church to worship. I keep trying to tell y'all demons go to church. You think they save and sanctify? Witches come to church, warlocks come to church, bullies come to church. They, they come to they come to church, and I mean they look saving, they shut high and all that kind of foolishness. Uh uh. The text says though that when they got to church, the text said that his own sons killed him with a sword. Wait, what? The king's sons. So can I tell you? Can I tell you, you, you better be careful how, how you try to hold down folk. Because after a while, they're going to get tired of being held down by you. Because we say we don't fight with our hands. Right. But we dangerous on our knees. I dare you look at somebody and tell them, don't make me pray. Because if I start praying, I'm not, God's going to start moving because See God overturn the thing on my behalf. Look at your neighbor and tell them God likes you. Because when you pray, start good things happen. When you pray, things move. When you pray, things shift. Listen, and I need you to say this. To new Christians, we be talking about something. I don't really know how to pray. God says, tell them, if you think it, I'm going to come to your rescue. Oh, yeah. 
Because the Holy Spirit makes intercession for you. Yeah, but yeah, you don't have yeah. the words when you. Because I've been, I've been running for Jesus a long time. And there's some time I get down on my knees. I'm like, God, I don't even know what to say about this. And he goes, I got it. But this is all. This is all. It's 10:30, and I ain't even got to the text. Let's get to the text. This is all because of the prayers of Hezekiah. He didn't ask God to kill his enemy. He asked God to just rescue them from his power. I ain't never want to ask God to kill them. I'm gonna just tell God, don't let what they do affect what I'm doing. Yeah. Because you're doing a great thing around here. Oh, Lord, have mercy here. Come on. Come on, look at your name and tell them, me and God doing something great. And what, and what we cannot do is let the enemy think that he just going to show up like a wisdom tooth and start moving some stuff around. No, just like the wisdom tooth, God pulled that thing out from the root. God delivered Hezekiah from the hand of Sadat. That was the first prayer. The first prayer was about this king. Second prayer, Hezekiah offers to God is when he falls sick. 20th chapter opens. While Assyria is threatening to invade them, he becomes deathly ill. I'm, I'm going to say this next line. I'm going to see if y'all going to holler at me. For Hezekiah, his troubles came as a couple. Somebody know what it's like for stuff to show up in pairs. Y'all know I grew up in a missionary Baptist church, so I got four points. So let me let me knock these out. First, his his situation was great. His situation was great. This is where most people give up. This happened. And now this is happening. Going through this. Now going through this. Barely had strength for this. Now you got a muscle of strength in this. If you don't get what I say here, the message, the rest of this message is going to be insignificant. When you're faced with a real situation, the solution is all in your initial response. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Messes up. Teachers, Bishop. Yes, up. In Galatians 6 and 8, for he that soweth into the flesh shall reap of the flesh, reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. <coughs> the crops we get will be decided by the seed we put in the ground. No! I'm not talking about money. So, so I won't lose you. In other words, natural cause and effect still applies both to the Christian and to the unbeliever. This means when we respond to a thing based on our flesh, that's the harvest we'll reap. On the flip side, when we respond based on the spirit, we will reap accordingly. Let me put this right here. 
Stop applying all the advice you receive to your life, especially when the advice is fleshly. Yes. So you had to live 
so that what was in you could manifest. Yeah. Yeah. You had to live beyond that point so that the greatness that was in you then could be shown to Daniel. You had to live beyond that point so that the person whose path you would cross uh, uh, what if Malik would have been stillborn? That other baby would have died. He had to live so that come that day in the classroom he can say, no, you got more life left than you. Y'all not understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Look at your name and tell them you couldn't die then even if the doctors had said so. You couldn't leave this earth then because God was not true with you. You couldn't die then because your greatness was still trapped on the inside of you. Look at your neighbor. You had to live. Had to live. Should be. Uh -huh. If you need God to do something in your mind, uh, 
That's yes, where your, your attention should be. If you need God to do something in your finances, that's where your attention should be. If you need God to do something in your business, that's where your attention should be. If you need God to do something in your marriage, that's where your attention should be. If you need God to do something in your anointing, that's where your attention should be. Whatever you need God to put his hands on, that's what you need to have your eyes on. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. You ready? Get everybody else's eyes of what only need your eyes. Despite all of that, 
try to do what you tell me to do. And then God, I got the nerve to tell my leader whatever you say, yep. Even when I don't feel like it, yep. Even when I want to go, yep. Why? Because I feel like if, if I'm obeying the leader, Lord, have mercy. I'm obeying my God because God said, obey those that watch or especially those that watch over your soul. So God, and then the third part, he just wept. Can I help you? Obey. I want to talk to you strong people. Obey. I want to talk, talk to the strong people. I want to talk to you people of great strength. You got to learn how to weep. Because your real request is easy. Yes. Thank you, Lord. That's what it is. It's, it's in the tears. Yes. Right? Sometimes I didn't I didn't hear my dear friend. I just saw her cry. Sometimes to keep you from being awakened in the middle of the night, my dear just came by your bedside and just cried. Why do you think you overcame some of the stuff? Because of the tears of grandma. Because of the tears of mama. Y'all ain't saying so, so you got to stop walking around here trying to be tough like stuff ain't bothering you. Notice the text, and I'm going to go see if you see it in your Bible like it's in mine. Hezekiah never said, God, heal me. Read your Bible. Nowhere did he say, heal me. He just said, I walk right, I work, and he cried. It was the tears that said, God, if you don't heal, I'm going to die. It was the tears that said, God, if you don't turn this around, they're going to bury me. Can you please tell your neighbor, there's something in your tears. That's why I don't let nobody pump me when I feel like I need to cry. The presence of God makes me cry. Yes. A tough situation makes me cry. Yes. When I got an attitude of gratitude, it makes me cry. Yes. Well, when, when I can't believe how God looked beyond my faults and blessed me anyway, it makes me cry. Well, when I remember just what God has brought me from, it makes me cry. God's revelation makes me cry. When I see my children doing well, it makes me cry. When I get to walk up to auntie and hug her and she can hug me back, And I ain't got to wait four days like I am. I can just sit in with extra makes me cry. Why he going out to the court 
Hezekiah in the house praying, talking to the Lord. He on this way got his keys. You ready to go to the car? And the angels are, uh uh, go back, turn around and go back to the house. Because there's a new revelation. Turn around and go back to the house because I've updated the revelation. I've updated the information I wish I had. Can I just pause right there and tell you about five people God says? God says you can let go the last thing you heard because there's been an update. I feel like preaching that right there. Please look at your name and tell them there's been an update. I know what the doctor said, but there's been. It's not that Hezekiah didn't have a relationship with God. 
why you just didn't tell Hezekiah I'm about to fix it? He said, no, uh-uh. I'm going to use the prophet, the same prophet that said God is now going to be the same prophet that says live. I wish I had a church up in here. Let your name and tell them coming from the same wealth, the same mouth that said it's going to be over. Ah, there's about to be a new beginning. Three days. 
Jackie Williams thank and the Lord, Bible said you, he turned his way to the wall. God said, could it be that there was a prophetic word that as he turned to the wall, it was a sign that I was turning faith around. Look at somebody and tell them that's what God is doing. He's turning stuff around for you.
And it reads, Exodus the fifth chapter, starting at the seventh verse, in the King James Version, ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick. As heretofore, let them go and gather straw for themselves. In other words, you are on your own. And the tail of the brick, which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay upon them, ye shall not diminish all thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let us go sacrifice to our God that he may help us in this trying time. Let their more, the ninth verse, let their more work be laid upon the men that they may labor therein. And let them not regard vain words. And the taskmasters of the people went out and their officers and they spake to the people saying, thus saith Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go ye, get your get you straw where you can find it. Yet not all of your work shall be diminished. In other words, keep the workflow going as though that you have straw, but you are your own, you are on your own to get the straw. But don't let your work production diminish. Ye not all of your work shall be diminished. In other words, you have to have a steady workflow. Regardless of your situation, regardless of me not giving you the straw to make bricks. The 12th verse, so the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. Stubble is like a peach fuzz that comes out of the ground. Now you have a peach fuzz, you have a fuzz on the peach. A stubble represents the texture of a peach fuzz. There, so the 12th verse, so the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble instead of straw. And the taskmasters hasted them, saying, fulfill your works, your daily tasks, as when there was straw. 14 verse, and the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmaster had set over them, were beaten and demanded, wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making brick both, both yesterday and today, as heretofore? That's a question. Let me read that again. And the officers of the, ch of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and demanded. Okay, we're going to stop right there. And the officers of the children of Israel, which Pharaoh's taskmaster had set over them, were beaten and demanded, wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task? Now, this is the same concept when Daniel had to interpret a dream 
that the king forgot how the dream went. So he's asking Daniel to interpret a dream that he forgot what the dream was about. Now, in this same situation, the officers wants bricks to be made without the gathering of straw, and they want the job done as though that the straw is there to help them to produce the bricks at the same time when they had straw. So the officers of the children of Israel which Pharaoh's taskmasters had sent over them, were beaten and demanded, wherefore have ye not fulfilled your task in making break both yesterday and today as heretofore? Then the officers, the 15th verse, of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus? with thy servants. There is no straw given unto them, unto thy servants, and they say to us, make brick. And behold, look, listen, thy servants are beaten, but the fault is in thine own people. 16 verse, let this sink in. It's like that you're trying to make a mountain out of a molehill without the tools to make the mountain. There is no straw given unto thy servants. And they say to us, make brick. And behold, look, listen, thy servants are beaten, but the fault is in thine own people. The fault is in you, not the servants. The false is in you because you forbid them not to have straw to make brick. But he said, ye are idle. Ye are idle. Therefore ye say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Go therefore now and work. For them shall no straw be given you Yet shall ye deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel did see that they were an evil case. After it was said, Yea, ye shall not minish off from your bricks of your daily task. So you have to perform the same way that you perform with straw. You have to make that same performance without the straw or go gather your own straw to make bricks. You shall not minish out from your bricks or of your daily task. And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, the Lord Look upon you and judge you because ye have made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword 
in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. And the text for this message is, God has something greater than your current situation. I repeat, God has something greater than your current situation. Now, if you go over into the sixth chapter, starting at the first verse, but we're going to read the 23rd verse in the fifth chapter so I can give you an understanding on why God has something greater than your current situation. 23rd verse. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Now, Moses is speaking in present tense, but God speaks in covenant. God speaks in promise. God speaks in the promise and the covenant. And he does not speak in the current situation of whatever that is in your life that is distracting you or that is trying to destroy you in your current situation. Moses was speaking to God in real time about the situation that Pharaoh is being evil to his people by having them to make bricks without straw. Exodus, the sixth chapter, starting at the first verse, listen to what God is saying to Moses. He is saying to Moses that God has, that he has something greater than their current situation. Then the Lord said unto Moses, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh? For with a strong hand shall he let them go. And with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, which is Israel, by the name of God Almighty, but by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage. Now, listen to what God is saying. He is not talking about the bricks made without straw. He is talking about the covenant that he made with Abraham not their current situation. And I appeared unto the thirders, Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of God Almighty. But by my name, Jehovah, was I not known to them. The fourth verse, 
and I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. And I have remembered my covenant. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me as to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, Israel. And I will give it to give it you for an inheritance. And I say right now, in the name of Jesus, I am claiming my inheritance. Why? Because God had made a covenant not only with Abraham, but to Isaac and also to Jacob, Israel. And I will give it you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. It's not about the bricks being made without straw. It's about the covenant, the promise that God made to us. Whatever situation that we're in, that the devil has created in our lives, or let me rephrase that, manipulated in our lives to distract us from believing and trusting in God. Now, Israel, the Israelites, the Hebrews, told the officers, let us go sacrifice to the Lord. Now, here's the thing. They was not distracted with the bricks and the straws, but they wanted to acknowledge the Lord because the Bible says, acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways, and he shall direct thy path. Now, here's the thing. They were in bondage. They were in bondage. So they wanted to practice sacrificing to God. Now, here's another situation that Jesus was in at the pool of Bethesda. And I want to explain that to you because... God had spoken to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God did not mention anything about the bricks and the straw. But Moses was kind of upset because Pharaoh had them to make bricks without straw or to go find their own straws to make bricks. And the only thing that they saw that they can use was the stubble in the field. In the 23rd verse, 
of Exodus, the fifth chapter, the reason why I'm reading it again, so I can go into the situation with Jesus. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to his people, to this people. Neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Now, the evil was to make bricks without straw. And they were beaten because the work got slow. The production wasn't on time. So, if you have an employer and you have a production that needs to be met at a certain time of the day, then you have to meet that production time. But they cannot meet that production time because they didn't have straw to make bricks. So it slowed down to protect, it slowed down the, their production. And not only did it slow down their production, they were beaten because of the slow production. But here is the thing. John, the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. This is about the pool of Bethesda. Now Jesus is the same Jesus in Exodus. When he called Moses to free the Hebrews from bondage, the pool of Bethesda. John the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called, in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And let's read that in the Amplified Version. Amen. John, the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse. Later on, that, later on there was a Jewish festival, feast, for which Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem a pool near the Sheep Gate. This pool in the Hebrew is called Bethesda, having five porches, a clove of clothes, all clothes, colonnades, doorways. And these lay a great number of sick folk, some blind, some crippled, and some paralyzed, shriveled up, waiting for the bubbling up of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at appointed seasons into the pool and moved and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in and was cured of whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Now, the fourth verse in the King James Version, for the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the trouble of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Fifth verse, 
And a certain man, here is the key verse of the situation that I am going to explain to you that will also explain what happened with the bricks and, and straw. Now, the fifth verse, and a certain man came, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now this is the question that Jesus asked the man at the pool. Wilt thou be made whole? Now here's the problem with the man at the pool. Jesus did not ask him to give him an excuse on why he wasn't made whole. Listen to the response of the man. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise. Take up thy bed and walk. Now, listen to this. The man was in a situation. Jesus asked him a question. Will thou be made whole? But the man, the impotent man, responded with an excuse instead of just saying, yes, I would love to be made whole. Yes, I would love to be healed. Yes, I would love to walk. No, the man said, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step is down before me. Now, Moses, in that 23rd verse, in the fifth chapter said, for since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he that he that done evil to this people, neither has thou delivered thy people at all. Now, the man is saying the reason why that I wasn't made whole is because no one thought about throwing me in the pool that I may be made whole. Now, Jesus' response was, it wasn't about the excuse of the man, but Jesus responded and said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. What am I saying? What am I saying is that God has something greater than your current situation. God has something greater. Exodus breaks without straw. John, the fifth chapter. Without be made whole. Because the angel troubles the water. And when they see the water bubble, that means it's time to jump in and you can be healed of your infirmities. Now, the man that was lame from his mother's womb, from his mother's womb, for 38 years. 38 long years.
And Jesus already knew that the man was lame for a long time. And Jesus asked him, would thou be made whole? And the man had an excuse. In other words, you do not need an excuse for your situation. All we need to know is that God has something greater than your current situation. God always has something greater in whatever situation that you're in. In other words, God is going to bring you out. They wanted to be brought out by having straw given to them to make bricks. No, God had a covenant and he made it with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring them out of bondage into Canaan land. God was talking about bringing them out of bondage. But the children of Israel were thinking that they were being punished because of the straw with no bricks and that they were being beaten, beaten by the officers. But God has something greater than your current situation. Let me repeat that. God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is Israel, which were their children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, God has something greater than their current situation with, with making bricks without straw or gathering their own straw to make bricks. And the only thing that they saw that they can grab a hold to was the stubble that looks like peach fuzz. You know how you have a you, you shave your beard and you can see the fuzz, the stubble, that's how it is with the ground. They, they saw the stubble of the ground. In other words, harvest time was over. And then there was a new harvest that was coming, which was the stubble in the ground. Now, realizing that the stubble was in the ground and that you can use the stubble to try and make the bricks, but you still couldn't make the bricks fast enough to complete to complete your production time. So the officers beat them because of the slow process. And not only because they slow process, they were beating them because Pharaoh forbid them not to give them straw to make bricks. In other words, Pharaoh was thinking that he was greater than God. But in reality, in God's timing, God has something greater than your current situation. If I was you, I would be shouting right now and I would be praising God because in your situation that you are in right now, the situation that is unwanted, the situation that the devil had manipulated into your life, God has something greater than your current 
situation. The man at the pool, Jesus, was greater than his current situation. Jesus was greater than the excuse that he had given him, the reason why that he wasn't made whole. Jesus was the person that allowed the angel to trouble the water during those seasons. And these people that hung by the pool were waiting for the troubling of the water. But they don't know that Jesus Christ, the anointed one, is the one that is greater than your current situation. Jesus is a bad man in a good way. Jesus is bad to the enemy. In other words, he is good trouble to the enemy. And the thing is, here's the thing. Jesus has so much power and his spirit is so anointed. He is the only one that can destroy death. Now, if he's the only one that can do that, that can destroy death, what makes you think that the man cannot be made whole when Jesus asked that question? Would thou be made whole? And the man had an excuse of the reason why he wasn't made whole. And that ninth verse, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It is no lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Now, these people, Pharisees or Sadducees or whoever they were, were more concerned about the Sabbath than the miracle that was performed for the man that was lamed and couldn't walk for 38 years. They're more concerned about that, the Sabbath, than they are concerned about the man walking. He answered them, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked them, then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed, which not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away. A multitude being in, the, in that place, afterward Jesus find of him in the temple and said unto him, now listen very closely. Listen very closely. Afterwards, Jesus find of him in the temple and said unto him, behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, I'm assuming that the impotent man got upset when Jesus said, lest a worse thing come unto thee. So the 15th verse, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Now, Jesus told him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. 
No, he just forewarned him. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come up unto thee. Now, a lot of people right now in real time has that same spirit. Now, the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Now, if you go to 3 John and 2, and it reads, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. Now, Jesus said to him, sin no more. That's prosperity in your soul. Sin no more. Even as thy soul prosper. Now, people will love to have one and two, but they don't want three. Behold, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That's one. And be in health. That's two. Even as thy soul prosper, that is number three. But number three, there is a problem. Why? Because there is a battle of the flesh. And Jesus said, sin no more. Even as thy soul prospereth. Your soul prospereth with the word of God and the walk with God and being a Christian or like the Christ because we are living through the mercies and favor of the righteousness of God not by our righteousness but as your and even as thy soul prosper even that's the word of God grows into your life. And I'm not saying everybody hates that or don't like that, that, that third part, but some people do ignore that third part of this scripture. Prosper and be in health. Yes, they can do that. They want to be that. Everybody wants rich, riches and wealth. But as far as the soul prospering, that's spiritual, which is God's word in your life. You're, you're fighting a spiritual warfare. You're growing in God. And the more you grow in God, the more you have to fight to keep your soul from sinning. There's a fight. So that's why we have to use the word of God. Now, slavery is a state of subjection like that of a slave or bondage. And the devil wants to taint, to infect, to contaminate, corrupt your belief in God. So in your current situation, he is not what it is, but what God sees what it is. See, God sees something greater than your current situation. God saw the Israelites coming out under the coming out of bondage. He wasn't worried about the bricks and the straw. God wanted to pursue the promise that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob, which was Israel to have the Israel, the children of Israel into the land 
of Canaan. That fourth verse. And I have also established my, my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. Now, there are a lot of people right now that are in bondage or enslaved to the enemy. And a lot of, a lot of you don't know because you're thinking that's part of your lifestyle. No, that is a manipulation of the enemy to keep you in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people and I will be to you a God. And ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of Egyptians, of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it you for an inheritance. In other words, we are a part of that inheritance. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that the spirit of bondage will lift off of your people and give them freedom to enjoy the land. Because you said in your word that you have given us richly all things to enjoy. And we thank you, Father, for giving us all things to enjoy. And we magnify you and we will not let the things that you have given us become a God to us because you are the God that giveth to us. You are the one that giveth us the strength to become rich. And there is no better richness than the richness of our soul, God. Yes. We're in health. Prosper. And we're in health. And we, yes, want our soul to prosper also, God. Let our soul be richer than the things that we have on this earth. Because your word will not pass away. But heaven and earth shall pass away. But your word will stand forever. So we need to stand upon your word and believe in everything that you say that is good for us, God, and that whatever the enemy is trying to destroy us with, because he's walking to and fro, up and down the earth, seeking whom he may devour. And the thing is, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But you, God, you said you come that we might have life and that we may have it more abundantly. In other words, you will give 
spiritually all things to enjoy. And we thank you for that, God. And we curse every spirit of bondage, every holdback spirit, every spirit that is trying to stop us from progressing. You are a God of progress, not degress. God, we thank you for giving us a progressing spirit that we may keep moving forward and claim the land that you have already given us. And you made that covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And since you made that covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we are entitled to the inheritance. And we decree in Jesus' name that you release the inheritance that is for us because you are a God that is greater than our current circumstances. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your word and we magnify you, God. And we forever give you the praise because you are the I am. Amen. And we magnify you, God. We thank you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. God is great. God has something greater than your current situation. Remember that. God has something greater than your current situation.
situation. 